Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello everyone and welcome, welcome, welcome to Herbie's Cook Community Cooking Corner. I'm forgetting the name of my own call here. For September 12th, 2023, it's really going to be interesting as um, I went to bed a lot later than I should for a number of reasons that I won't go into, but I think I'm actually still doing pretty good here and um, we're going to make things work, except I think I already screwed up something in my um, recording to where I actually can't hear you guys. Um, so if you're talking to me... We're not. Oh, you're not? Okay. No. Good. We okay. Were actually, I... We were actually being good and listening to you. and Okay. Well, because usually you comment at this point on how I got the date right and stuff like that, so I was getting a little nervous, you know. Uh, sorry, I was retrieving a recipe. Oh! She was retrieving a recipe on the cooking call. I love it. So, um, you know, I was just a little bit nervous when, because usually you're like, you know, oh, you got the date right, or Kirby's not cleaning his kitchen, or your usual thing. So, um, the unexpected dialogue when it's not there, you know, it's uh, like, um, wait a minute, did I hit the right button? Um, anyway. <laughs> well, it was, was worth it. It was worth not saying anything just to get you a little nervous like that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway, apparently it's Pick on Herbie Day. I didn't know when it wasn't, but uh, that's a whole other thing altogether. Well, we try not to pick on you on your birthday. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. So, you know, I just realized that today's my birthday. No, it's not. I know when your birthday is. Nice try. The funny thing is tomorrow's my birthday, too. No, it's not. <laughs> it's your unbirthday. It's your perhaps. very... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's your very <laughs> unbirthday. Nice try, Herbie. I tried. Well, you know, guys, I, I will just briefly mention this because I, I forgot to mention this in Cooking Corner and it got cut off. Um, the question was raised, how do you eat half of a cupcake? And I'm going to give you a culinary uh, response to this one. There are at least two primary ways I can think of. One, you can cut the cupcake in half with a knife. Um, just take it out the paper casing, set it on a plate and put that knife and go voot, voot, voot. Another way you could eat... Now, this, I gotta warn you, is a little bit unorthodox, and don't try this at home, kitties, unless you're really... The other person is really comfortable, or you're comfortable with the other person. You could, like, lick the frosting off, and then give the other person the cake, so... um yeah, they'd be really happy about that. I don't <laughs> that's, that's just a couple ways you can eat part of a Alternatively, cupcake. Alternatively, just eat the cupcake yourself and get and tell them to get their own. Well, that too. In this case, it was a situation where uh, Natalie didn't want to eat the entire cupcake herself. But, you know, and, and so the question... And, and people were... Because she was full. And pe people were like, uh, you know, I, he, he, she, she wasn't getting much love there. And I, I you know... Anyway, we're getting off topic. How does that happen? Oh, because I got off topic by worrying about my audio settings on the cooking call. Let's actually really get to business now, guys, as we've got a very uh, special guest with us today. All my guests are special right here on the Herbie's Community Cooking Corner, and that's the fact why I call it that now, because it reflects you, the community, and the contributions that you have made for this call. And um, I wonder if... But this guest is super special, though. Yes. So, um, with that, it's going to be none other than Kayla Law, who's going to be with us today, who has a very well-organized kitchen, and um, 
is going to give us her more tips and tricks. I want to thank, though, first of all, acknowledge our uh, host, uh, Allison, and uh, our moderator, connector, streamer, Jane Sa. Welcome to you guys. And um, there will be opportunities for you to take, uh, for us to take raised hands on the, both platforms. So if anybody's still with us in Clubhouse and, uh, you know, either because of, despite the changes or, you know, you got scared away by a couple minutes ago, um, you will be able to raise your hand as well there. All right. With that, let us hear from um, Kayla La. And um, Kayla, welcome back. Awesome. Thank you. Um, and, and I have a comment about the cupcake thing. Um, I don't think people were logistically asking how you eat half a cupcake. I think it was more of a willpower um, situation. Oh. I'm yeah. not sure. I think they were That's thinking what it would more, be in my case. <laughs> I think they were thinking more along my, my line of thinking as in, why would you just eat half a cupcake? Yeah. Oh, well, I've seen some giant cupcakes. I will mention that. You know, um, there's a, ooh, I want, Chanel, we need to get to see if that Houston bakery is still in business. I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm sorry, but now. my willpower would not stretch to it either. If I start, the cupcake, <laughs> yeah. I'm so finishing the cupcake. You're so finishing the cupcake. I'm All not a right. quitter. <laughs> by the way, as you finish the cupcake, you just learned it was chocolate there, Tori. So, uh, um, well, I wouldn't have started eating it then, would I? The chocolate was so well disguised by the other flavors that... Uh, I, have, I have a sense of smell. Okay. Um, anyway, anyway, so, okay, so you're saying it's willpower. You don't want the logistics, but leave it to, leave it to me to come up with the logistics, though, right? <laughs> Anyways, so um, I was here back in June and we talked a lot about organizing the kitchen, um, keeping like things together, um, kind of um, and keeping them at hand. So um, kind of where are you using them in the kitchen and keeping them kind of in that area. So, um, for example, keeping your hot pads maybe in a drawer or a cabinet right next to your oven where you're going to be using those um, and those types of things. Um, there was a couple of things I wanted to add after talking to a couple other people um, and, and giving me some ideas to kind of add into this. Um, I talked about how I keep liquids in a jar, um, like mason jars, like my vanilla oil, things like that. So I can scoop it out rather than trying to pour it. And um, Vicki Hathaway reached out to me and she said, if you get metal measuring spoons, you can bend the handle of them. So right down by where the cut part of the measuring spoon is, you can bend that so it's more at a 90 degree angle and you're able to dip the measuring spoons into the, the glass jars a little bit easier rather than what I do is I kind of tip the jar. So I thought that was a great tip. I wanted to make sure that I passed on to you guys. Um, in that aspect for that. And so um, I did go out and I bought a set of metal um, measuring spoons just for this purpose. So um, it was definitely worth it, makes it a little bit easier. Um, another thing I wanted to update is um, after talking to Vicky again, um, we I, I talked about how a lot of times I put like my nine by 13 pans and such on a cookie sheet. 
um, in case it boils over, it's easier for me to get it in and out of the oven type of a thing. And her suggestion was using the silicone baking mat and putting that on the cookie sheet and then your pan on top of it. And that helps it so your pan doesn't slip. It gives it a little bit of grit there um, to, to kind of hold on. And so I wanted to pass that on to you guys as well, um, just to, to kind of keep things a little easier there. So anyways, okay. So um, <clears throat> again, we talked about last time just organizing our kitchens and our pantries. Um, by keeping items that are together and I, I use um, box I use a lot of times I'll buy um, like when I buy cans of stuff I'll buy uh, the whole flat of them so like 12 cans of say corn or green beans um, and then I label those boxes and I just keep them in there and then when I so I don't have to um label each can individually but the box that I'm putting them back into itself is labeled so just kind of um putting that out there um I didn't get to the kitchen tools that's kind of where I left off last time um so I'm gonna start here just some of the common tools that I use in my kitchen often um and the first one I have is the Lady A, she is great, very helpful in the kitchen. Um, you can set alarms and timers. Um, you can also label your alarms and timers um, for your food. So you can say, um, set a timer for your wake word, set a timer for five minutes for potatoes or something along those lines. So if you're making multiple things and I'm thinking like um, large like dinner meals where you know I'm having two three things make uh, being cooked at one time I can I don't have to remember which one was that for what do I need to do right now um, and, and so that's really helpful um, that it that uh, you're able to do that um, I also, it also use helps a, when you're cooking meals for two different people yeah exactly for sure. And that happens often because one kid will be like, I don't want that. And one kid's like, I want that. And so you end up having um, uh, different things being cooked all the time here anyways. Another really helpful tool that I use anytime I'm cooking meat is a talking thermometer. Um, they're great. Um, I highly recommend it. I think I got mine on Amazon for maybe $20 is probably less than $20. I'm cheap. I don't spend a whole lot of money on things. Um, but it is so beneficial because I can't tell visually when meat is done. And um, so having that thermometer is, is a great help. Um, a tip with your thermometer, you don't want to push it all the way through your meat. So it's touching the pan. Um, what I do is I'll push it in so it touches the pan and then pull it back up a little bit. And that's going to give me more of an accurate um, temperature of the meat. Um, and so like your chicken, um, you need to have it at 165 degrees. Um, the Lady A, again, going back to that, um, 
if you don't know what temperature your meat is supposed to be uh, cooked to, you can ask her and she'll tell you what the recommended um, temperature is for your meat. So you can know. I know on the back of my thermometer, it says it all on there, but that's quite useless to me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So making sure you're cooking your meat to the right temperatures is important. And that thermometer helps a lot. I also use it when I'm... Um, when I'm making candy. So if I'm making caramel, my, my, um, my ingredients have to get to uh, 238 degrees. And so having that thermometer is a lot easier. Um, there are different ways of making sure your candy is to temperature. Um, but a lot of times when I tried to do it that way, it wasn't as accurate. And while I was waiting for the candy to, you know, to cool, to make sure it was the right, um, consistency, my pan of, of, of the rest of it is still cooking. So um, the thermometer is, is great. Um, the next one that I use that is a talking scale. Um, I don't use the scale as often, um, but it really does come in handy. Um, it's nice um, because sometimes recipes are done in weight and you can get a lot more accurate for your ingredients with the scale. Mine um, has a bowl that sets on top. Um, you, I put the bowl on, I turn it on, um, and it starts at zero. Um, there's a button on it that you can cash it. So um, once you take that, that bowl off, or if you put the bowl on after you had turned it on, um, then you're starting at zero. And then you can either um, add to it, like when you're adding in different ingredients, I like to cache it in between each one <laughs> so that I'm starting at zero and not having to math so much. Um, Braille measuring cups and spoons. Um, <clears throat> I have a couple sets of each um, and I always store them so they're nestled together. So the larger one is on the bottom and then the, as they go smaller inside, one another. And the reason I do that one, it takes up less room in my cat in my drawer that I keep them in. Um, but it, it, it makes it quicker for me to figure out which size I'm grabbing. I know that, you know, a set of four measuring cups, you're going to have a fourth a cup, a third a cup, half cup and a full cup. And so if I have them all nestled together in that order and I need a fourth cup, I know, you know, the smallest one is going to be the fourth cup and I can just grab it out pretty quickly. So. Um, OK, so um, the next tip I have, I have a tiny bit of vision. Um, I wouldn't say much that's usable, but enough I can tell if something is dark on a light surface and light on a dark surface. So that high contrast is really important to me. Um, so I have high contrast cutting boards. So on one side it's white and on the back it's black. And so depending on what I'm cooking um, or cutting, um, I will use um, the opposite. So if I'm cutting chicken, I'll typically put that on the black side. So that I, I can't really, see I can see there's something there but I can't tell what it is but it does help me orient myself a little bit better um and when I'm cutting stuff that is juicy um so like a watermelon and fruit um that kind of tends to to make a mess I'll put my cutting board inside a cookie sheet so that all that mess is kind of contained and then once I'm done 
cutting um, that item, um, I'm able to just bring the whole cookie sheet over to the sink and, and clean it rather than having that watermelon juice kind of run off onto the counter and down, you know, I, it always, I, I've had times where I've done it and I didn't realize that it went down, you know, I got the top of the counter, but I didn't realize it went down um, the front of the cabinet or something like that. So that kind of just minimizes um, those kind of messes and clean up for later. Okay, um, and then I already talked about the um, the cookie sheets. I use a lot. Um, again, I talked about using them under pans in the oven. Um, I use cookie sheets when I'm making stuff, um, say cookie dough balls. Um, I'll make cookie, especially around the holidays. I make like four or five different kinds of cookies. And what I do is I make the dough and then I take the dough and I make it into balls and I put the balls on a cookie sheet. I put it in the freezer and freeze them and then I transfer them into a Ziploc bag. So then when I'm making my um, my my uh, like gifts, putting a gift bag together or plate or whatever format I'm putting it into, um, I'm able to just go in the freezer, grab out the different kinds of cookies that I labeled with my contact paper. We talked about last time labeling things with that um, what kinds of cookie is in that bag. Um, and then I'm able to put them on a cookie sheet, bake them, and everyone gets fresh baked cookies. So that's kind of my workaround for that. And the cookie sheets come in really handy for that. And I want to stop there and just check and see, do we have any hands? Not seeing any in Zoom right now. Oh, okay. wait a minute. We got one. Sorry. Spider Woman. Is that Heidi? Yep. Okay. Heidi, you can unmute. Hey, Heidi. Yellow. There you are. Um, my question is, um, are you going to send this out to the cooks list or could I get this um, off It'll the... be on podcast and YouTube at some point. Yeah. Okay. I don't really have much to send out. I just have like two or three words on a line prompting me. So I don't uh, have it like all written out or anything. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's just like a bullet point for me to know where to go next. And I'm not uh, even doing very good at going in order. <laughs> as long as everything gets said, then you're good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. so. But once it gets sorted, you'll be able to listen to it as many times as you want. Yeah, you can listen uh, to both right. of them back to back, and you can have a whole lot of me. <laughs> yeah, I love Kayla. You, want. you, and I think you know that. <laughs> <laughs> and we uh, have you? another raised hand whenever you're ready. Uh -huh. It is someone with telephone number 248, ending in 254. Hi, um, this is Laura, and I just wondered, you were talking about um, timing things with Lady A. And when you time things for different items. And I wondered if if you time it like saying uh, two minutes for the potatoes. Um, mm -hmm. And then Lady A comes back and says potatoes have been done or, you know, potato time is up. Is that what happened? Yeah, exactly. So she'll say something along those lines. Uh, potato timer finished or done. Yeah. And then Thank I have you. to yell at her like nine times to be quiet. Only nine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not until I get really angry she listens to me. 
<laughs> She's like a child. <laughs> Just joking. So that's all the race hands in Zoom right now. Okay. Awesome. Okay. And Tori um, and Herbie, do you guys have any questions or? No. You on. All right. So some of the other well, tools um, I oh, use Herbie's, often. Herbie has some, I think. Okay. Well, first of all, I was going to say, Heidi, I wanted to thank you, first of all, for volunteering to take notes on today's call. We'll give you the recording. You can take notes and uh, we'll send it out to the cooks list. So thank you for your uh, volunteering there. Oh, did you just find out about this? Oh, wait. So first of all, um, you're telling her she volunteered for that. And then you're telling me I'm putting them on the cooks list. Well, when she gets to do all the work, we just have to post it, you know. We? Excuse me, we? we? <laughs> well, did I mention the little... <laughs> no, um, we're not volunteering anybody's services, it looks like. You know, I tried, though, I tried. Um, um, Speaking of the cooks list, though, I did just put the special caramel stuff on there. Computer stuff. And my other question is, Kaylee, you get angry? I didn't... Computer. <laughs> Only had electronics. No. And now I know how you talk to your kids, too. Um, <laughs> no. And, what, what and you sound far you? away, Herbie, just so you know. Yeah, you okay. do, Herbie. That's better. Oh, yeah. Thanks for yeah. joining us. <laughs> so my, my last question was, so what was the, uh, I don't think you said, what was the brand of a thermometer? I don't, ha I don't know. I can go oh. look on my Amazon and see if I can find it and, and send it. All right, sounds good. All right, then uh, back to you. All right. So um, my next tool that I really like um, is a dangerous one. Um, it's called a mandala. Um, and I use cut-proof gloves. Again, I got them on Amazon. They're food-grade cut-proof gloves. Um, so what they are, they're like a mesh glove that is metal. And um, they're really great. They work really, really good. I've never gotten cut while wearing them. Um, <clears throat> I want to say they were maybe $10 for the set. And what a mandala is, I want to kind of describe it because I don't know if many people have um, used them. It looks kind of like it, it's probably um, four inches wide and maybe 10 inches long. It's rectangular shaped and it has a kind of a, like a kickstand underneath of it. So you, you can stand it up. So it's at an angle, um, like a, I don't know, 45 degree angle or something like that. I'm not very mathy or geometry. So <laughs> that's my best guess. And um, so it's flat except for in the center, um, it has a blade. And it's a V-shaped blade. And um, on the side of it, right next to the blade, you can choose um, different thicknesses that can be cut. Um, so it, the standard blade is just a flat blade. And you can switch it out with, um, it has two other blades. And the other ones are more used for, um, so the flat blade will give you, so say I'm cutting like, um, I'll, I'll go with zucchini. So when I use the flat blade, I get little discs of zucchini and I can set it. So I press it on it and I pull it down 
the ramp basically and it hits the blade and it slices and the food falls underneath so I always put a cutting board underneath it um, and so you're having there everything is the same thickness when you use it and um, when it, the other blades you can switch out to is um, it will make like sticks so kind of julienne type style um, and you can do again um, any any fruit or anything on it, vegetables or whatever you want to cut with it. And then the third one is a lot smaller and the blades are really are a lot closer together. So it's more like shredding more like you would do like on a cheese grater um, on the larger box size of the, the cheese grater. So you're getting like that type of a shred. Um, and so it's it's a lot quicker. Um, your hand is passing over that blade. So that's why I'm saying the cut proof gloves are really, really important. Um, the first time I used it, I did not have them. I cut myself. Um, I have not cut myself since. Um, <clears throat> so um, it, it's great. Um, it's a lot quicker than using a knife. Um, it's a lot more consistent. So when you're making, um, I, like say fried zucchini, um, it's great because then all your pieces are the same thickness, so they're cooking the same rate. Um, it looks um, visually appealing to the sighted people. I don't care what my food looks like, but um, it, it's great. It's a lot quicker than using. I used to um, shred zucchini on the box grater, and that would take forever. This only takes me a couple minutes to do it now. Um, and someday I'll have to come and make... Um, I love zucchini. It's my favorite vegetable. Um, I make this zucchini um, tart where you use puff pastry. Um, so I will, uh, next time I make that, I'll record it and then I'll get it to you guys and we'll figure out where to put it. But um, awesome. it's a great, um, I got the idea when I was in France, I ate something similar, similar to it. And this is the closest thing I have figured out to, to make to that dish. But the mandala is great. Um, but again, be careful. Use those cut proof gloves. I use I keep them on when I'm washing it pretty much from the moment I get it out of the box that I keep it in. Um, I um, I use it. It does have a, um, a like a hand grip that has like uh, things that stick out that you can put the vegetable onto and then use it to slide down it. Um, but I, I find just using the cut proof gloves in my hand is a lot easier for me to do. Um, so uh, moving on, keeping with the sharps, um, my knives. When I store my knives, um, I have, they're either in a, like a, a knife block. Most of my knives are in a knife block. And the ones that are not in a knife block, um, I think I, I mentioned this last time, I love Fiesta Wear. Um, it is my my brand for um, cutlery and dishes and those types of things. Um, but the, the knife set I got through um, Fiesta Wear, um, each blade has a guard on it. It's a plastic guard that slides over the the sharp part of the knife. And so all my knives have a guard on them. So when I'm going through my drawer looking for a knife, I don't have like all these 
like I used to, <laughs> you know, I just had them like in a tray. Um, and, and this is a lot easier, um, a lot safer for me. So if you're able to have your knives with guards on them, I would highly recommend that. Um, uh, typically what I do is um, I, and then when, after I use a knife um, and it's dirty and I, I may not, you know, my dishwasher might be clean. I don't want to put a dirty knife in there. So I always keep my knives um, on the counter to the left of the sink with the handle towards like the outside edge of the sink and the blades pointing towards the wall. Um, and I've trained my family. They all put the knives the exact same way on the counter so that you're not you don't want to put a knife in your sink, um, in your wa sink water or anything like that. Because um, later when we're doing our dishes, we don't want to accidentally cut ourselves. So come up with a way um, of, a, you know, something that works for you um, to make sure you know those knives are going to be um, in a certain place um, rather than putting them in your, in your sink when you're done with them. Um, I have a... Um, my, um, bullet, it's, a like a blender. Um, I keep the blade for that upside down in the top of a wine glass, um, in the cabinet so that I can't accidentally cut myself on that either. Cause it's kind of stabby, <laughs> you know, those blades stick out. So, um, it's really important that you, you're using sharp knives. Um, blunt knives are, are more, are like, if you cut, cut yourself with a blunt knife, you're more likely to have more um, damage than if you're using a sharp knife. Also, I feel like you're more likely to cut yourself with a blunt knife than a sharp knife because when you're cutting um, with a sharp knife, it should just go through the food item pretty hopefully easily and you're not having to saw back and forth and hold the food and um, and, and it can become more jerky and then your knife can slip. Um, so that's a, a good tip. I'm making sure your fingers are out of the way um, of where you're cutting. So a lot of times when I am cutting food and I have to hold it in place, I have my fingers kind of curled underneath my palm and I'm pressing down and maybe have my pinky and my thumb on either side of it. But my fingers are well out of the way of that blade. Um, I know like when I'm in a hurry and I'm cutting fast, um, you know, you're more likely to cut yourself. So making sure that you are giving your yourself sufficient time to to go slow and cut those things. Um, and if you're having guests over, maybe cutting some of the items ahead of time um, before people come over so that you're not as rushed when you're actually doing the preparation of your meal. Um, another uh, keep them with the, the, the cutters and sharp stuff. Um, I use an apple cutter um, when I'm cutting apples and I have a giant um, one that I can use too. It looks exactly the same as the apple cutter. Um, so the apple cutter is, it's round, um, probably, I don't know, five-ish inches across. And it has a blade that... Um, it has a handle on each side of the round part that you can use to press down. And in the center, it has a circle and then it has blades that go 
um, from that center circle out to the larger circle, kind of making pie pieces so that when you cut your apple, it slices it and then the core is supposed to come out the, the center of it. Um, and then I have an extra large one that is meant to do watermelon. So it does the same exact type of cuts, but um, is on steroids. So um, I'm going to stop here because I'm, I'm kind of through the sharps and see if anyone has any questions or comments, anything you want to add, things that you found have worked for you. I agree about the um... A, taking your time, B, doing what you can prep-wise before you get company uh, wherever possible, and C, using a sharp knife rather than a blunter one. Um, also, I have one of those apple cutter things too, but mine, the um, plastic outer bit that you um, like hold on to is actually shaped like an apple. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I do. I used to have a core. Um, it did not do well with the bigger apples, though. Like it did better with the smaller apples, at least the one I had. Um, and uh, we'll have to talk about these zucchini tarts and the fried zucchini as well. We can't forget that. Um, so um, talk to my agent, and uh, she'll get you booked in. <laughs> oh, and... she will when you tell me when the other person's dates are, so that I can have <laughs> people. Oh yes. Yeah, uh, that. I do need to... I do need to do that, yes. Guys, right. we do have a raised hand at Zoom. All right. All right, Heidi. Hey, Wait, Heidi. Hello, Heidi. guys, again. Hello. Um, when Nick and I use our knives, our sharp knives, what we do is we put it behind the sink, behind the faucet, and that way there's, you know, no chance that any of us are going to get cut. And when I load the dishwasher... I'll go and check and see if there's anything behind there and load that way. I actually have two different types of apple cores. One is like um, Kayla described. And then I have one that's just a round, it's two pieces. It's just a round cylinder. And then you press that down through the center where the core is. And then um, the other part of it is like um almost like a plunger and you push the core back out through that um either um either direction because it it'll go either direction i actually just got an onion cutter that looks like the apple core um that you were describing but it's got more more sections um, oh, yeah. that you can cut yeah, I have um, one of those. It it looks more like um, it's like a grid. So yeah. you have little squares um, yep. that it cuts. Yep. Yeah. And then I also have a zucchini bread recipe if you guys want that. But I think that might be a summer slash fall thing. But yeah, we can do yeah. stuff any time of the year. Yep, pretty much. So we can we can talk and. Maybe we'll do a zucchini section at some point. <laughs> yeah, because I've got uh, I make maple zucchini nuggets. Ooh, yum! <laughs> I, that sounds good. I'd eat that. <laughs> I love zucchini. This is the time of year they're all um they're they're getting giant. So my mom has a bunch. She said she's going to be giving me this week, hopefully, um, from her garden. So. 
I have to tell you how to make maple zucchini nuggets. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Um, <clears throat> and we do have the onion thing. I kind of forgot about it because we've only had it a couple weeks and it is nice. Um, especially, you know, for the teary eye part of, of yep. cutting the onion. Um, and so you put the, you peel your onion and then I always make sure that the layers are kind of going, um, horizontally. So when I cut through it, you, you have like little, little chunks of onion rather than, and it's like, you know, take 30 seconds <laughs> to cut a whole those. onion. Yeah. It's, yep. it's really nice. And I do have a apple core that, um, it, it, um, peels the apples and it cuts it kind of into spirals. Um, and I've it's a those. manual. Yeah. So it, you, it has like a place where you put the apple in and then on the other opposite side, it has like a blade and you turn the handle. And as you're turning it, um, the core comes out this little circle thing and there's a blade on the side that kind of peels your apple and shreds it or and then makes it into a spiral. And I use that when I'm making like apple butter. Um, so and I, they it, also have one that you can take that little blade piece out so it doesn't spiral. Yeah. Yeah. You can move mine back and it won't spiral it. Yeah. Yep. And you can so. get apple cores that literally are just um, blade tube, tube type blades that you just push through um, and it just takes a core with it because I've got one of those as well. Oh, that's really good for stuffed apples. <laughs> so. Yeah. But. Those, um, yeah, so um, the next thing I have on my list is a garlic press. Um, and I really like the garlic press. I, I, if you can't tell, I love to cook, but I don't like uh, taking a whole lot of time to, I just don't have a whole lot of time to cook. So I have a lot of tools that just make it a little bit easier. So I have the garlic press and I don't know if everybody knows what that is. So um, it, it has, um, it kind of reminds me of a can opener. So it has the two handles and it opens up and it has like a little area in it. You put your garlic and um, you um, you peel your garlic first. And the best way I found it to peel garlic is you take the, um, the piece of garlic and you press down on it. And then it, it kind of um, helps release the paper or the whatever the outside part of the garlic is the papery skin oh. stuff. Yeah, it feels like paper. So yeah, that skinny, that skin stuff. If you press down on the garlic clove, um, it helps release the outside stuff you don't want to eat. And so I do that, peel that off, and then I put it in the garlic press. And um, on one side it has like the little um area you put the garlic clove and then on the other side it has like little it, it kind of reminds me of a meat tenderizer where it has little piece uh like sharp pieces that poke outward so like when you take the two pieces and you put it together and you close it and squeeze it the garlic comes out the other end and it's already um in little tiny pieces. So that's really nice. I can do it directly over my pan or whatever I'm putting my garlic into. And um, I don't have to spend the time trying to cut it in little tiny pieces. Um, and the nice thing with the one I have is if you 
take the handle and you put it the opposite way, it push it, it has those little bumpies on the outside also. So it'll cl help clean it and push out any garlic that got stuck in the holes of the garlic press when you were pressing it originally. So that's really helpful. Um, I also have an immersion blender um, and I really like this, um, especially like when you're making sauces, like say you're making spaghetti or something like that. Um, you're able to put the, and I use this uh, um, when I make apple butter also. So when I make my apple butter, I, I'll, I'll take the apples and I'll just put them in a roasting pan or my roaster. Usually um, I like to make it in bulk. <laughs> So usually I'm doing like 30 pounds of apples at a time and making a lot of apple butter. And so um, it's nice. The immersion blender is great because once those apples start getting softened up, I'm able to use it. So it it um, it has like um, the motor of it is in the handle of it and there's a button on the top and then it comes straight down from the handle and um, mine has a couple different attachments. Um, one is the, the blade for blending and it's kind of nice because the blade is like has this little metal cup that kind of covers it and it has holes around the outside edge of it. So it's really, it's really safe. And then it, my blender also has a whisk. So if you need to whisk something up, it's a lot easier um, to use that. So I use the immersion blender quite often. And my favorite tool in the kitchen is my KitchenAid mixer. Um, and there's a lot you can do with the, the KitchenAid mixer um, from, you know, using the paddle to, to make... Um, cookie dough or, you know, whatever it may be, um, to using the whisk and making, um, um, oh my gosh, uh, what's the egg thing that gets all fluffy? Um, oh gosh, meringue. Um, so it's really a uh, useful one thing that I've really, that I really like my KitchenAid for is, um, I will often make, um, I'll grab, you know, five, 10 pounds of chicken and I'll cook it in my crock pot. And then I put that in my kitchen, a mixer with the paddle and it will shred the chicken. And so then I have shredded chicken that I will then um, put into smaller like meal size portions um, so then when I have a busy night, I have some meat that's already cooked. I just take it out of the freezer and um, thaw it out. And then I can use it in casseroles and stuff like that for a quick and easy dinner. So um, I, I found a lot of good uses. One of my other favorite things is when I make mashed potatoes, um, the KitchenAid bowl is metal. So I'll put my butter and my milk and all my ingredients for my mashed potatoes in the bowl of it. And I'll put it in my oven <laughs> at like 200 degrees for, just for a few minutes to warm it all those up before I add the potatoes into it so that my mashed potatoes don't get cooled down by the cool ingredients. So... <clears throat> Okay. Um, my next thing I use often, uh, and I kind of just mentioned that, is the crock pot. 
Um, a crock pot is amazing. There is so many things you guys can make in it um, from breakfast to desserts and every meal in between. Um, the, the nice thing about the crock pot is it doesn't warm up my house so much in the summer. Um, you can often do an entire meal in the crock pot. Um, so um, kind of casserole style, I've done that. Um, I, I have some uh, potato, um, like uh, here we call them funeral potatoes. Um, and I think because they have so much fat in them, you're just one step closer to your own funeral. Um, <laughs> that's what I say. But they're often, uh, it's one of those comfort foods. Um, and so those I make in the crock pot always. And there's a lot of different kinds of crock pots and um, styles of crock pots, I guess I should say, um, that are a variety of different sizes. So I have one that's like um, an eight quart and it's oval shaped um, all the way down. And then I have one that's probably like a two quart. Um, and then I have one that is just for dip. It's like the size for to make dips. So it's maybe, I don't know, holds like a cup, uh, probably two cups. And then I also have one um, that has three different crock pots in one um, one base, I guess I'll call it. So, and I use this around the holidays a lot, especially Thanksgiving, um, because each of these different um, sections of the crock pot, it's like set up in a circle. And then um, there's three different, probably four cup, five cup, um, oval shaped crock pots inside of it. And each of them has their own dial. So you can pick what temperature that one needs to be set at, but it's great around the holidays or doing a taco bar or those types of things so that I can um, have all of it stay warm um, or cook in it. Often, um, uh, yeah, so it, it's great. It's my favorite. Um, I don't have an outdoor grill, um, but I do have a, a electric grill that I can put on my countertop and, um, I, I love it. It's really easy to use. It's flat. I, it's probably, um, I'd say maybe 18 inches by 12 inches. So it's good enough size to put some burgers on it, um, but uh, here in Arizona, I don't like grilling outside. It's always too hot and you don't want to be standing in front of heat. So this electric grill is really, is really great. Um, and the one I have has a lid on it. So you can um, grill just like you would outdoors um, and close the top. If you are doing, say, um, tinfoil packets where you have like a meat and a veggie in the same packet and you can, you can do it on there, burgers or yeah, so that's another tool I really like. Um, and I did write down my Fiesta Wear. I really do like my Fiesta Wear. Um, and there's two reasons. One is growing up, my grandma had Fiesta Wear. And Fiesta Wear is, um, it comes in all kinds of different colors. And so each, I probably have 10 different colors of plates and bowls and all of that. But again, I have a tiny bit of vision. So the Fiesta Ware is great for me because if I'm eating something, say mashed potatoes, I'm going to grab out a darker color plate so that I can kind of identify where my food is on my plate a little bit type of a thing. Um, so yeah. 
Any questions? So one thing I will briefly ask you, actually, with the uh, garlic press is, first of all, I think it's a very good way to describe it. It looks like a can opener. Have you ever tried the already peeled garlic? I have. Um, like, um, that comes pre-chopped? Yep. Like in well, a jar? It, nope. Um, there's actually garlic cloves you can get. They're actual garlic cloves, but they're already peeled, so you don't have to deal with the paper, and you just put them right in the press and go, vroom. I have not. Um, for, I've from, tried the pre-cut, like where it comes in a little jar right. and it's pre-cut no, 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 up. Yeah, I've yeah, had yeah, that, yeah, yeah. but, I mean, um, that I don't feel like it's as good as the fresh garlic. No, no, no this not. is actual, um, Spi uh, Spice World is a brand I see from Walmart and okay. it's like a six ounce bag of garlic cloves and there are the actual garlic cloves and you just, you know, put them in your press and it's not that awful garlic in a jar. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm familiar with that stuff and I stopped using it, so. Yeah, um, I think I bought it once. I'm like, this isn't as good. <laughs> no, it actually is not. So, um, yeah, definitely check that out, and you'll then you don't have to worry about peeling and papers and all that. And um, it, it'll make it'll revolutionize your garlic experience, folks. Awesome! I'll look into it. Thank you. That's we're all about shortcuts. Yeah, we are. We, um, yep. Yes, we have two raised hands right now in Zoom. All right. No, first, I was going to ask, so, let's, so when we have raised hands, just I want to mention real quick, if we have anybody who has not spoken, um, call on them first, and then... Oh, of course. Okay. All right. And neither of these have spoken, so uh, Ibrahim, you are first, and then William, you will follow Ibrahim. All right. Usually, <laughs> this is the first. Hey, Ibrahim. Hey. Um, so, with garlic cloves, to get uh, help get the garlic out of the casing... Um, if you microwave it like for 10 seconds or put it in warm water, um, it makes it easy to like pop out of that casing. Oh, I like casing. That's a good word. <laughs> yeah. That sounds a lot better than papery skin stuff. <laughs> yeah. I actually prefer papery skin stuff. Casing to me implies like a sausage casing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give it to do the warm water though. Don't 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 give it the radiation treatment, guys. You don't need to you know, radioactive. <laughs> Um. All right. Very good, there, Abraham. Um, you, we're used to hearing him from hearing from him at the beginning of the show, not towards like the middle. So, uh, <laughs> are, you feeling, are you feeling okay there, Abraham? Like, uh, you know, um, is, <laughs> all just good. a little. All good. Okay. Um. All right, William. Hey, William. Hey, William. Hey, hey, Kayla. Hey, everyone. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, I am always listening to this. Uh, cooking uh, adventure, even when I'm not able to speak, I'm still listening. So, um, uh -huh. and I have a question about your the, the grill that you were talking about. Um, where did you get it, and what is the brand name on it? Um, I'll have to look up the brand name. Um, I got okay. it on Amazon, as I get pretty much everything. <laughs> I like okay. Amazon because they I can usually read the descriptions and get more, you know. Um, it's I, now, I don't know. Is, I tend to. Is it the type of grill that you plug in and then you uh -huh. uh, preheat preheat your grill, uh, or is it the type of grill that you plug in and then you turn a dial, and then you have to preheat the grill before you start cooking on it? Yes, so it does have a dial, and I have um, bump dots on it, identifying different temperatures um, in uh, like uh, 25 degree increments, so I can tell what temperature it's at. 
Um, and then it it um it has like a a plastic um uh so the Grease outside tray? of it Grease. is kind of like tray, yeah. So the it right. has a plastic Grease tray, tray that Grease everything kind of sits yeah. in, and then the grease right. trap underneath is metal. And then you have a metal rack that goes on top of it, and the metal rack um, is nonstick. Um, and okay. I always put in um, a half a cup of water into the tray below because it's a lot easier to clean out that grease if there's water in there and it doesn't stick to the bottom of the tray. Now, do you put the actual cup in the water or you just pour the water in the actual tray below? Yeah, no, I pour a half a cup of water in there, into the tray. Okay. So it's in the bottom below it. Um, and it's way easier to clean out afterwards with that water in there because, well, grease and water don't like each other. So it doesn't sure. stick yeah. as much, to right. be honest. Well, thank thank you so much. Too busy arguing about, whether they, about sharing space to stick to anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I appreciate your answering my question. And, you know, yeah. if you could look up that brand name because I'd love to yeah. know the brand name and. Whatnot. I should make Thank notes so of much. what I need to look up. The thermometer <laughs> and the grill so far. Yeah, unless Thank you so much. Call this uh, Kayla's cooking corner because that's how we get the people to show up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, Abraham, sorry, Abraham has raised his hand again. So yeah. Um, uh, I was just thinking that temperature. Another use you could use it for is. Uh, when baking uh, bread or cakes, apparently um, you can also check whether they done <laughs> with a temperature probe as well. Oh, that so is I, a yeah. good idea. Uh, I think um, a butter. I always use that. She's told that's not quite. Yeah, it's not quite yeah. as accurate doing that as it is for meat and stuff like that, though. Um, yeah. Because uh, sometimes, like the cake will be at the right temperature, but there'll still be a bit in the middle that's not quite cooked. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I usually use a toothpick, like when I'm um, um, testing my cakes and such, and then I feel it to feel to feel like is it moist? Is it did it come out dry? Yeah. Um, those types of things. Yeah, and I find is, that much more effective for checking yeah. if the cake is done. And the poker okay. on the thermometer is a lot larger so it'd make a larger hole where the toothpick is a really small hole in the cake i don't know okay. how much that matters but it matters to people who can see so if you're serving yeah. it to sighted people it matters <laughs> so like, why is there a big hole in here don't worry about it <laughs> so all right any other questions no hands in zoom right now Okay, uh -huh. so the next section I put together here is my cooking process. So um, I kind of went over how I organized my kitchen, um, my favorite tools. Now, what is, you know, what, like from start to finish, kind of what are the steps is what I put together. Um, so my first thing is um, I read through my recipe. So I typically will look at two or three different recipes if it's a dish I've never made before, just so I kind of get an idea of, you know, what are the proportions to wet and dry ingredients? Um, which ingredients are, do I have on hand? Um, 
and sometimes like I don't like this let me look at other recipes and see what other people have used maybe for a seasoning or an ingredient to substitute it out um, and then um, a lot of times I'll just kind of combine recipes <laughs> to be honest um, I use an app called paprika um, paprika three is what it's called um, it's completely accessible Um, it's amazing. I've been using it probably 15 years now. Um, I have it on my iPad, my phone, I, you can get on a computer. Um, it is, it does have a cost to it. Um, it's been a long time since I bought it. I want to say somewhere around five-ish dollars maybe. Um, but it's not like a subscription. It's a one-time purchase. So that's always nice. You know, um, a, a lot of, apps and stuff are getting more into the subscription, um, getting your money month over month, where this one is a one-time purchase. Um, like I said, it's completely accessible. You can do recipes. I can go on a website and I can say on my my phone, I can go, go to share and then click on paprika. It will grab, I'll say 95% of the time, it'll grab the recipe off of the website And it will put the ingredients all together, the steps for your directions and all of that. So even when I'm just on the web searching for recipes, I will open, I will share it with Paprika and I'll look at it in that format rather because it cuts out all the extra off the website. Um, you know, the story of why they made the recipe or, you know, all of that, the ads and all of that. So it kind of organizes it a lot easier. If it's something I'm like, oh, yeah, I would make that. Um, I have different categories. I can set the category for it. Is it um, a main dish? Is it a dessert? So when I go back later, my recipes are all organized and then I can save it. If it's something I pull up and I'm like, I'm never going to make this. I just say um, cancel and not to save the rest recipe. Um, it also has, um, you can pin recipes. So when I'm making multiple things at a time, I can pin the recipes and then they are at the bottom of my screen. So I can just double tap on whichever recipe I'm currently working on rather than having to do another search and finding that recipe again. Um, and there's certain recipes, um, like my sweetened condensed milk. I always have that pinned because it's something I use often. Um, and sometimes I'm like, wait, was it this or that? How much of this was it? Um, type of a thing. So um, that is, that's great. Um, you can also do menus. So you can add the recipe to different dates on a calendar. And then when you open up the calendar and you can just double tap on the recipe and it will open your recipe up. Um, I've not used the grocery shopping feature on it, um, but you can make a grocery list on it and it will organize it by um, store layout. So all your dairy will be together and baking goods and, and so on and so forth. Um, I just do my grocery list on my Lady A and then um, my husband can just pull it up on his phone if he's at the grocery store or I can and go through the list that way. Um, like I said, I read through the recipe from start to end. Um, I don't just look at the ingredients list. I, I look at what am I actually doing? And especially for someone who's a newer cook, this is really important. 
Um, because if there is a step, if it says a uh, Julianne and you don't know what Julianne means before you're in the kitchen um, getting your ingredients, you know, um, making your dish, you can look that up and figure out how do, how do I do that? What does that mean? Those types of things. So it's really good for troubleshooting um, it, because especially with baking, once you start adding in your ingredients um, and you put in your baking soda and your baking powder and you put wet ingredients with those, those ingredients start to activate and start doing their thing. And so it could affect your recipe if you're stopping and having to go look up things and learning how to do them. Um, it might affect the overall quality of the dish you're making. So it's really important to read through your recipe completely and making sure that you know how to do all the steps. It also gives you an idea of where you're going. You know, um, I did this. I oh, You know, you kind of have an idea of what order you're going to need to do things in ahead of time um, to kind of just give you an overall picture of how, of all the steps you're going to do. And the next step is I gather all my ingredients. Um, I will put all my ingredients on one counter. Um, and then as I use them, I put them away. So this does two things. One, I make sure I have everything I need to make the dish. I'm not halfway through and like, oh, no, I don't have this ingredient. What do I do? Um, again, your lady A is great for that. You can say, what can I substitute for eggs if I have no eggs and so on and so forth and see if you have um, any ideas that would work with the dish that you're making. If you're making, you know, I don't know, it, it could change. So a lot of times there's different ingredients that can be substituted. Um, and then um, the second half of this is as I'm, as I'm using them, I'm either putting them away or I'm moving them. If they're dry ingredients, I'll be, I'll, I can just, and they go in the pantry in the other room. I may just move them to the other counter. But this also lets me know, hey, you didn't add this because it didn't get moved or off of this area, off this counter. Um, so that I don't forget to put ingredients in. Because sometimes if you're making a couple of different things at once, you might, um, you know, if the ingredient is out in there, you know that you need to do something with it. Um, and if the, you know, you don't want to forget to put something in, um, it could make a huge difference in your, in your dish. Um, I always make sure that I, before I start cooking, I have a, a, a sink of soapy water. Um, I do, I don't know about you, I, I hate scrubbing dishes. Um, that's like my least favorite thing of cooking is, is doing dishes. So if I have a, a sink of soapy water, I can put items in there and they can soak and start to clean while I'm continuing on cooking. Um, I taste and I smell my food as I go. So a lot of my cooking, like I said, I'll look at a couple of different recipes and, and kind of combine them and put them together. Um, but I've also been cooking a lot most of my life. Um, so I, I feel confident in doing that. Um, there are some dishes that the first time I make them, I will follow the recipe exactly. Um, and then maybe the next time I'll make adjustments. But smelling my food, does it smell appetizing? Um, sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe this ingredient will be good in it. So I'll say it's a spice. So I'll take the lid off the, I'll open the, the spice so I can smell it. And I'll put it near, like right above or near the, um, 
the um the other ingredients I've already put together and I'll smell it. Does this smell good? Like it would go with it. Um, and then tasting, um, making sure that as you're going, um, that your, your meal is obviously if it's, if it's raw meat, don't taste it until it's done, but, but, but tasting it and, and seeing how it tastes, um, and adding in, um, other ingredients maybe as you go as well. Um, I use my hearing a lot when I'm cooking, um, so I know water's boiling by the sound it makes, um, and those types of things. So kind of just, um, oh, and the, the, the smell, again, going back to that, um, I can tell when a cake is done by its smell for the most part, or brownies and things like that. Um, the aroma is stronger. Um, you can obviously smell um, when things are starting to burn and you'd want to remove them from the heat and stuff like that as well. Um, but yeah, using using your sense, your other senses other than your vision and incorporating them into your cooking um, is really important. So that smell, that taste, that hearing, um, touching the food. I touch my, I wash my hands very often, um, but I touch a lot of things. I'll mix things with my hands. Um, so that I can tell whether or not the ingredients feel like they're completely mixed in. Um, when um, when chopping food, um, I kind of have a system for that. Um, I keep the unchopped food on the left-hand side of my cutting board or on the cutting board, depending on how which cutting board I'm using and how much space I have. Um, it's really important to make sure you have lots of room on your cutting board when you're cutting um, so that you can move things around, turn them so that your your knife is always in the going the same direction. It's a lot better to either turn the food or the cutting board rather than your knife position. Um, and then as I cut them and I, I move them off to the right. Um, and I'll usually have a bowl or a plate, depending on what I'm cutting up, and I'll put the, the cut ingredients on there. Again, just keeping that open space on the cutting board for me to, to not um, get overcrowded and, and accidentally cut myself. Um, okay, I said that. Um, for round items, when I'm cutting round items, um, so say a a potato, a, you know, those types of things. I always cut um, down the center first, giving me two flat um, areas. And then I put the flat part down and I continue cutting from there um, so that it doesn't, it, it keeps it in place and it doesn't try to roll away. Um, when I'm cooking, um, so say I, I'm making chicken or something like that, that I'm on uh, using the stove. I always use high sided pans. Um, this helps with any splatter or anything like that. Um, and I always pick pans that are larger than what I need. Um, sorry, Jonah just came in and gave me a hug and then did the, I love you sign on my arm. So I have to... <laughs> I got distracted. <laughs> so <clears throat> I always pick pans that are larger than what I need. It's a it's a lot easier to wash a larger pan than to wash off my stove top if things boil over um, or anything like that. A trick when you're boiling, um, if you put a wooden spoon in your um in your 
in your pot or on your in your pan, it prevents things from boiling over. Um, I don't know why, but it does work. So anytime I'm I, I'm boiling pasta or anything like that, I always put a wooden spoon in there so it doesn't boil over. Um, and I always turn my pan handles the same way. So I know where my pan handle is. Um, and I feel like that's really important so you don't get burnt. Um, knowing where your handles are. Um, and a lot of times, like when I'm using, like if I'm mixing something in the pan, I have my hand on the pan, on the handles, keeping it in place. And when I measure ingredients, I do it over the sink or more often over a tray. Um, I have a plastic, it, it reminds me of like a lunch tray when you're little um, in school, that it's just a plastic tray and I put it down, I'll put my measuring cups on it. Um, if I'm doing flour, my flour containers is pretty, is a lot larger. Um, so I'll put down a cookie sheet and put my flour container on the cookie sheet and then measure out um, your ingredients that way so that if I do spill, it's a lot easier to clean up. If you guys can't tell, I don't like to clean. I don't like extra work. <laughs> so I do the, the, these small things that prevent more work later. And then again, like if I do spill, it's all on a cookie sheet, bring it over the sink and I can wash it off or, um, and get it cleaned up a lot easier that way. It just keeps my messes contained. Um, I am messy. I will just say that. I am messy when I cook. So these things make it so I don't have to clean my entire kitchen every single time I cook. I'm trying to make sure I get everything that might might have gotten spilled. So putting the sugar container or the onto the tray and then measuring it um, or the flour, whatever it might be. Um, or over the sink. And if I'm measuring something over to the sink, I'm bringing the container I'm putting it into over with me um, so that I'm not trying to, to carry ingredients that have been measured out across the kitchen or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> another tip I have is when I crack eggs, I always put down a paper towel um, before I, underneath where, whatever container I'm cracking eggs into, um, I usually crack them into like a little ramekin, a little glass dish. And the reason I put the paper towel down is sometimes when I crack the egg, uh, egg will kind of go down the side of the container and, um, and, and, and get on the counter or whatnot. So this kind of helps prevent that. But also um, after I crack the egg, I can place the eggshell onto the paper towel. And once I'm done cracking all my eggs, I can pick up the whole paper towel, bring it over to the trash and put it in the trash can with the eggshells and everything. So I'm not dropping eggs or anything. So um, I have a flat stove top. Um, so I kind of want to go through how I do that. Um, I, I, in, in, I've had the same stove for um, a, a little over 12 years now. So I, I feel pretty confident in, in, in my placement of my pans at this point um, that I can just get kind of get it on there. But when I first got it, I, it was kind of difficult to know, is my pan on it right or not, or, and those types of things. So um, what I did is I would turn the heat on, but all the way, like, barely on, like, super low, so that the heat was coming off of it. 
that I could feel, but it wasn't really hot enough that it would burn me if I put my hand above it. And then I would place the pan on it. And then I would run my hands around the aisle outside of my pan um, and, and see if I feel any areas that feel like they have a lot of extra heat. And then I adjust my pan to, to um, cover that up. I hope that makes sense. And then um, my next thing I have here on my list is putting things in the oven, um, which I've talked about on the call when I've made other dishes, is um, placing, centering it on my stovetop, um, the item I'm going to put into the oven. And before I even turn on my oven, I make sure my racks are where they need to be. Um, because some recipes, they want them in the middle of the rack. If you're broiling, you need a or oven, I'm sorry. Um, you need the rack towards the top of the oven. So um, it kind of just depends. I make sure my racks are in place before I turn on my oven. Um, and then I feel comfortable putting things into a hot oven. Um, but if you don't, you could always place them in there and then turn your oven on. But you really need to adjust your cooking time because that heating time will will affect it. Um, and it for your baked goods, it might be a little more difficult for the or they may not come out exactly the same way um, because that, like I said before, your baking soda, your baking powder, your yeast, those types of the, that are rising ingredients, um, levitating ingredients um, are activated once the liquid hits them. So you might want to be careful and um, kind of play around with that. But I place my, my, I, my food item in the center of the oven towards the front edge. Um, there's a lip on it. So I always, you know, have it right next to that lip on the front of, top of the stove top. Um, I open my oven and I take a step back and open my oven and I'm able to reach over the oven door and, and place the item into the oven. Um, and the reason I, I do this is because when I'm centering the pan on the stovetop, I'm also centering myself in front of the oven so that when I need to later go back into that oven and, you know, use my hot pads and get it out, I can center myself in front of my oven again and able to um, to get the food items out. And you're also going to have your the most consistent heat is going to be more towards the center of the oven. If you're more on the left or the right side of your oven, um, your food may cook more on, you know, the, it may not cook the same consistency across the pan. So I'm going to stop here because that's pretty much all I have left. And um, does anyone have any questions? We have a raised handed Zoom and that is Heidi. Go ahead, Heidi. Hello, my assistant just wandered out and I asked him to check and see how much the pep the paprika recipe three app mm -hmm. is and it is still five dollars. Yeah, I oh my gosh, it is amazing. Um, I, I probably have a couple hundred probably a thousand different recipes in there <laughs> uh, but you can um, you can create so like I've gone through in a lot of my recipes recipes um when i'm I, like i get them off the website but i'm able once i'm in the app i can go back and i can edit it so any adjustments i've made i can make that on my recipe so the next time i go in 
um, those, you know, you can, you can put notes, you can change the amounts of the ingredients you put in. Um, you can create a, a recipe and type it all in yourself. So some of our family recipes I've done that with that I want to save and have access to and have them digitalized. Um, you can also set timers on it and that's kind of really cool. Um, so, um, and I, I did this a lot more when I didn't have a lady A, but it's really cool because um, if it says five, cook for five minutes, and if I double tap on where it says five minutes, it automatically will set a timer and it labels it all as well from what recipe it's from. So now, if you, you don't have a lady, a, uh huh. Mm -hmm. I thought you might be able to. Yeah, yeah. you can search. So, um, yeah, so there's a search. Um, like I said, I have different folders set up or cookbooks quote unquote, um, of different things. So I have a cookbook just for crockpot meals. I have a cookbook that is just, you know, desserts or um, sweets. I have it as sweets and then I have it broken down in, within, you know, cookies and bars and different things um, beyond that as well. Um, and you can send them to people from there as well. So you can send them as a, so if you know the person has paprika, you can send it as a paprika file. Um, I can email or text it as a text only file um, and those types of things. So that's how I always send things to Herbie as I open up my paprika and I send it to him for, or to him and Tori from there. Um, so it, it's, it's great. So I think we're going to have to talk completely pot, yeah. accessible. <laughs> I think we're going to have it, to talk crock pot recipes privately, but yeah. 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 So, and your rice maker, you guys, I don't know if you know this, you can make things other than rice in your rice maker. I made pasta in my rice maker a couple nights ago. So, um, Google that rice make rice maker recipes, um, because rice makers are cheap. They're easy to clean and, um, yeah, you can do a lot with them. All right. Hello, we right. had a raised hand. Sorry. Um, but uh, Abraham had his hand raised, and it looks like he lowered it. But Abraham, did you have something you want to? Uh, Kayla answered it. I wanted to ask if uh, you could share <laughs> to someone uh, from the app who didn't have an app. <laughs> At some point, we oh. do need to talk crockpots on here. Yeah, yeah, we can do some crockpot recipes on here. Yep. All right. Um, any other raised hands? Not at this time. Well, thank you, Kayla Law. You can hear thousands of people that are applauding. Take a bow, take a bow. Yay, Kayla. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm next glad not week... that many people were listening, hopefully. Oh. Oh, you know, I mean, that was this is on ACP applause. Yep. They hear the name Kayla Law, and they're like, yay, Kayla. <laughs> um, not this other guy that runs this stupid call, you know, uh, we want to hear Kayla. Who's he? So, yeah, exactly. William came on here. He, you never see him on my calls, but yeah, you're, you're on here. Oh, boy. All right. So uh, Actually, William does sometimes come in and just yeah, not actually, say anything. Okay. All right. Fine. I'm not always looking at the screen because, you know, I'm actually busy. So believe uh, me. Me either, but I have notification alerts and it tells me. Yeah. See, I don't. So, um... <laughs> Next week, believe it or not, I think I'm actually back in the kitchen. As yes, you are. I am. Who knew? I actually cook on my own call every once in a while. As we're going to be doing apple fritters. So um, 
that's going to be exciting. So I will get a taste for what it's like to be in the kitchen. No, I, I mean, I'm used to being in the kitchen, just not on the call lately. Um, but it's rather amazing. You know, like, I actually tried inviting people, you know, see if anybody wanted to come on the Mastodon the other night, because uh, thanks to a, a comedy club, I got the urge to make garlic bread, which... Um, I did with the, you know, bread, butter, and real garlic. And, you know, I, I was hoping yeah. people would join me on Zoom because I was going to do a full on the cooking call description. Okay, I'm getting out the bread. And I'm uh, putting on the cutting board. Here's how I'm slicing it because it was like this French bread type. Okay, loaf, we know. need to do garlic bread on a coal. We do. Just for an excuse to make it. Exactly. All right. Then we will put do... cheese on it, too. Oh, totally. Right. Yeah. All right. Obviously, I'm going with the dairy-free options, but still. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, very good. We will explore garlic bread then in a future call. We'll probably want to make something to go with the garlic bread, I would imagine. But uh, well, we'll yeah. I suppose you should have something with it. You don't have well, to, though. No. Just be for a very short call, probably only about half an hour. Um. Uh, yeah. All right. Um. But we could talk about the different types of garlic bread that are out there. Or so. We can okay. we can do something to go with the garlic, but it's fine. Yeah, let's just make sure it's going to be in a day when your dad won't come over, though, because, uh, you know. That's you okay. Know. He only comes over the last Tuesday of the month now. All right. So we, 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 this much we can tell you, folks, we will not have a garlic bread call the last Tuesday of the month. So um, that that is a Or if we do, I won't be cooking it. Or she won't be cooking it. All right. Um. Anyway... <laughs> And we, and we did establish, though, like, her dad is actually not vamp. No, no, actually, you said you weren't completely sure if he was vampire or not. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm not too sure. I mean, it, it is possible. Does he do anything, like, to, does he have an aversion to sunlight? Yep. Mm, okay. Um, burns really easily if he goes out in the sun. Bur- burns really easily if he goes out in the sun. Okay. Has he said anything, like, you know, I hope I'm not a pain in your neck? Um, potentially. I'm not sure about that one. Oh, dear. Um, okay. Um, we may need to have a more private conversation about this. Um, uh, you know, and his sleep schedule means that he's sleeping more in the day than the night. Uh-huh. Um, minutes, guys. That's probably a good idea. Um... Um, maybe I should make the garlic bread when he's coming over. Maybe you should. Uh, yeah. If, has, has he ever asked anything about like your blood type or anything like that? Um, he hasn't asked about my blood type. No. No. Okay. Maybe because he already knows, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> guys, we have a raised hand. Oh, thank goodness! Oh, good. Let's take that. <laughs> All right, Abraham, uh, go ahead. Does he have a European accent? <laughs> um. Well, it depends on your definition of European, because UK used to be part of Europe at one point, um, yeah. and, yep. and he has a British accent. So, Does he run uh, real fast, like faster than normal? No, definitely not. Okay. I mean, we've only known that to be in the Twilight Vampire series, to be clear, you know, and so that, that could be it's, There's fiction, also the so. fact that I might not have seen him move fast. I mean, yes, you know. Um... Anyway, well, guys, <laughs> um, Tori might have good reasons to be afraid of her dad now, but uh, on this call. So, um, welcome to Family Crisis Cooking Community Corner here, guys. Um, where even the participants are asking questions about um, her dad being a vampire. Um, also, uh, 
Tori can't see him in mirrors, so you know, Tori can't yeah, see him. Yeah, I, I, I can't see him in yeah. mirrors. I mean, no. he he tells me he's got a reflection, <laughs> but what do I know? Yeah, I don't even right. have a light perception. You know. <laughs> all right. Well. On that note, folks, um, just want to remind you that uh, you can subscribe to the ACB Cooks list by sending an email to community at acb.org. And uh, hey, while you're doing that, you might uh, ask if you've not already done so to be added to the community call list for those of you listening on Media or Clubhouse. And just uh, include your name and email address, and they will add you. In fact, I know somebody that just got added yesterday, so... Uh, Maybe we'll start to see a new person around some of these uh, community calls, though. And um, for those of you not on the community calls yet, don't worry. Some of them are more sane than us. Most of them are, actually. In fact, I'd say about 99.9% of them are. It's amazing we've not gotten kicked off the air with this one, believe me. But uh, I think they just keep us for entertainment value. Yeah, they, they, they do. 